Hey gang, welcome back, and this is another episode of Arkham's Kids, and now I am reviewing Devil's Reef, which is the second pack for the Instrument Conspiracy. So I'll be reviewing the player cards and uh, give my first impressions on them. So, without further ado, let's start right now with Keen Eye. That's a Guardian card, and two-cost asset. You can pitch it for... One knowledge, and, or one intelligence, and one strength. It's a talent. And as a, I wouldn't say a react, but at any time you can spend two resources and you get plus one intelligence until the end of the phase. Also, you can spend two resources and get plus one strength until the end of the phase. So, uh, this feels a lot like, you know, higher learning. Kind of like higher learning. And a lot of the other pumpable uh, stat cards that, that have been in through the, the base set and Dunwich and so on and so forth. Um, I don't know if I'll ever run this because, one, Guardians are very, very resource-deprived. And spending two just to get that one, and I get it, it's till the end of the phase. Um, but I'm willing to bet this is probably going to be an upgraded card down the line, which is being better than this one. So... Uh, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I mean, I mean, I, I would honestly, if I was playing Guardian, definitely I wouldn't be all up on this. But you know, if you were splashing and you have, you know, uh, the Seekers with uh, uh, a lot of cash disposal, uh, the 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 Cluers, then this might be worthwhile. So I wouldn't necessarily this would be great for Guardians, but. Probably for splashes and other type of builds. So, Kenai. I like the artwork. Artwork's pretty sweet. We got a 1x piece. Oh, 1x piece. <laughs> 1xp cost uh, event. Cost one to put out. Uh, it's called Radiant Smite. So you can pitch this for one willpower and one strength. It's a spell. It's spirit. It's blessed. Uh, do the fight action. You may use willpower instead of strength for this attack. And when you initiate this attack, search the chaos bag for up to three blessing tokens and seal them here. For each blessing token sealed on Radiant Smite, you get plus one skill value and deal plus one damage for this attack. If this attack defeats the attacked enemy, return the sealed tokens to the pool. Otherwise, release them. Now, when it says release them, it means it goes back into the bag. So, if it does defeat the enemy, wow, so this is really a plus four attack. This thing is crazy. This is a one-click headshot. That's all this is for four points of damage. And for one, it is cheap. But, you know, you got to make sure you actually do have some blessing tokens in the bag so you'll be definitely playing with some other cards to, to help give you that. Or if you're playing multi-campaign and somebody else is loading this up, then yeah, I would not hesitate to put one of these in here. One, I love the cost. I love the XP cost, too, for this, for what it does. Now, the other thing, too, is the willpower. Not all Seekers are designed for this. Or not Seekers, but Guardians. So let me look at the Guardians here. So I'm just building a deck of Tommy Madoon, and he's a three. Uh, be good with Leo. He's a four. Be really, yeah, really good with Leo 4. Zoe would love that card. Uh, and Sister Mary definitely, well, yeah, Sister Mary should love that card because it feels like it should be in her wheelhouse anyways. Um, 
yeah, all in all, they, they got, all right, you know, you're getting at least three, and no matter what investigator you're playing with right now, so I don't see anything bad. It's not like you're going to give this to a Finn. Yeah, don't give it to Finn. That would be bad. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. So, yeah, so right now, I do love Radiant Smite. Radiant Smite's good. Very, very good. Heck, let's go with Father Mateo, because he loves blessed cards, and he can play with them. So, yeah. All right, that, that's a win. That's a big win. I would enjoy playing that one. Now we're up to the Kluvers. First one is Truth Beckons. Uh, it's a one-cost event, zero XPs. You can pitch this for skills of agility and intelligence. It's an insight card, so uh, every time I see that, I'm thinking of Joe Diamond. Play only if you're not engaged with an enemy. Okay. As an action, move. Choose an unrevealed location. Move one location at a time along the shortest path towards that location until you enter that location. And this effect of your real location if an enemy engages you or if your movement is blocked. Okay. All right. So there, there is a lot of things going on with this card. First, you got to make sure you're not engaged with an enemy. Uh, that's always easier said than done. But if you've actually... Beginning of the game, you're probably not going to want to play this card. But like late game, if you need to make a mad dash to somewhere else... Uh, I'm thinking like Unspeakable Oath, where you, you have to get out really, really quick. Because happens to me all the time. Or, you know, if you're going against the Organist, too. This is another one of these cards you might, you know, benefit from as well. I don't think this is an auto-include by any stretch of means. I, I have a hard time even considering nine times I'm playing this solo. Anyways, I don't know if I'm going to actually throw this in any particular deck because this card's going to stop if you have to reveal a location, if an enemy engages you, or by some weird thing, movement is blocked. Now, I haven't seen too many places where movement can be blocked, but I'm willing to bet in the Insmith Conspiracy, I'm willing to bet that there is. So, um... Yeah, definitely not an auto-include. This is one of these situational cards, kind of like Vantage Point and everything else, that does that. I mean, I would rather throw in a path... Or not path... Is it Pathfinder? No, Shortcut. I would rather throw in Shortcut this way with this card. So, got a cool picture of a spooky haunted house, though. Looks really good. All right, next one. This is a 2x-piece cost event that puts two to play. It's called... Oh, my goodness. I'm going to butcher this one. Gaze of Orsesh. Or I'm going to go with that. Orsesh. Uh, crazy picture of a woman with uh, cracking eyes and a third eye right in the dome. All right. It's a spell. It's cursed. Uh, you can pitch this for plus one strength and plus one agility. Um, when you play it, uh, reveal seven random chaos tokens from the bag. Deal a total of one damage plus an additional damage for each cursed or uh, tentacle token revealed. Divide it amongst the enemies at your location. This action does not provoke tax for opportunity. I feel that this card with Mystics, Mystics love throwing in cursed things in the bag. So, if I was playing with this one in Splash, I do like it that it doesn't provoke any attacks for opportunity. You're going to get at least one damage off in whatever bonus you're throwing in there, providing that there's a lot of curse tokens in the bag. doesn't get rid of those tokens, because it doesn't state it, so they're going to go plop right back in the bag. Um, but if you got those Mystics, they're, they're just 
throwing those curse tokens into the bag. Uh, yeah, I could see it. And you can really, really wreck up shot. But if you're not playing with uh, any curse stuff, or in particular, I'm feeling a lot of these cards are just going to feel like that. They're just going to be for Insmith. And you're... I think this will shine best with Insmith. I mean, that's really that's what it's going to come down to. Any other campaign you're playing out of, I just don't see it happening because at max, unless you have cards that can throw in cursed stuff, and that, that would usually be the Mystics, um, you're gonna you're only gonna get two at the max. So, but you're, you're pulling seven, so usually there's about fifteen. So that's almost fifty percent of the bag, uh, unless you dilute it with more, you know, blessings and. Uh, curse tokens so but I then you'll benefit from the the uh the curse tokens so i mean yeah i mean you gotta i, I would say you got a 50 50 if you're not playing with cursed and blessed tokens that do two damage for the most part so that was the gaze of Ursesh. i'm hoping i'm pronouncing that right we're going to the rogues and the rogues have two new cards the first one is the priest of two faiths uh, one XP asset, uh, one to put him out, so that's pretty sweet. Uh, you can pitch him for plus one agility. He's an ally, he's cursed, he's blessed, does have the ally icon at the bottom right. Two health, two sanity. After he comes into play, add three blessings to the token bag. All right, sweet. You know there's going to be a drawback because this guy's really, really cheap to put out. But at the end, the un end of the upkeep phase, you must either add... A blessing or a curse token to the cast bag, or discard priest of two faiths. Um, so for this, to me, I would think if I had this in my in my deck, and I'm running rogues, and I'm being overwhelmed with enemies, and I just might plop out the priest of two faiths, uh, put those three blessing tokens into the bag, and then take the the attack of opportunity from any enemies that I'm engaged. Hopefully, that it will get rid of the priest of two face. So, that's one way of doing it. And then that's what immediately came to mind. Unless you're willing to take that soak for uh, the curse tokens, but that's what I would do initially. You know that because this, what you're really paying for is you want those blessing tokens into the bag, and then everything else. I think it's just going to be bonus if you can get rid of this guy quickly, so you don't have to get cur curse tokens into the bag. Uh, but blessed and cursed. Huh. He's so conflicted. He's so conflicted. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's risk reward. I mean, this is what you're gonna get out of this dude. So yeah, I I, I, I would definitely do a test run on this guy for sure. Absolutely, just to see what I can do. I think this guy would definitely shine if you're if it's one of those crazy scenarios where there's a ton of enemies. So, yeah, I like it. I like it. Is it prime time? No, I don't think it's prime time at all. But yeah, I I, I can definitely see the value in that. Uh, let's see. Next one is under surveillance tactic trap. This is a one XP cost event. Three to put it out. And you can pitch it for plus one intelligence, plus one agility. You can attach this to a location. Limit one per location. Forced. After a non-elite, well, all right, I'm already a little sad. It's non-elite. Non-elite enemy enters to the attached location. Discard under surveillance. Automatically evade that enemy and discover one clue at that location. That enemy does not ready during the next upkeep phase. I think that's where the three points is coming off there. I think you're paying the one resource to get an automatic evade, another resource to get a clue, and finally the last one to make sure that creature or 
enemy does not ready. So, um, money-wise, you know, this is a rogue card, so rogues never really have an issue with cash anyways. So, would I run it? I don't know. I really don't know. This feels like one of these cards is like Barricade, where you have to be holed up in the particular location. Like a really, like, critical location. Like, I would put it on, like, the Hidden Library or something like that if I'm trying to, like, stash out stuff in any of those uh, crazy... Uh, Carcosa Oath Seekers that comes in and then tries to wreck shop, you know, gets in there and then tries to blow everything up. So this would be one way of dealing with that. And um, it, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's, it's slightly better than Barricade, for sure. It, it just does a lot. And then it also, again, it is situational with being non-elite. So that will do it for Rogues. The next one is... Seekers, uh, we got Blood Pact, and we do have Blood Pact from before, it came out of, I think, Dunwich? I think it's Dunwich, I might be wrong, yeah, I'm probably wrong, uh, let's take a look, where is that one, this is, that's an asset, okay, looking for it, looking for it, looking for it, where are you at, where are you at? I'm just looking through the binder now. Okay, so... Alright, so the the one that costs 3 XP's, it is the permanent, gives you plus 1. You add Doom to the Blood Pact, and you get either 3 Willpower or 3 Strength limit once per test. This one here is a watered-down version of it. And it doesn't particularly stand out. So it is a spell, but it doesn't have the spell icon at the bottom. And instead of threes or twos, but everything else is the same. So it is an asset, so it's going to continuously stay out anyways. It's just not permanent. So you're paying the two instead of with the blood pack where it's permanent just to get it out. I mean, I, I really don't run blood packed. I mean, I think it's just tailored decks that, 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 that ride that thin line of doom tokens uh i've only played it maybe a couple times times it's not my bag it's not my bag baby i just i just don't see it uh i hate ad helping giving additional you know help advancing doom so um yeah uh, it's okay i mean but i'm I, i'm not gonna be gushing over this one for sure because i i tend to stay away from anything that that helps the bad guys you know accelerate that time counter Abysmal Tome. It's a 2 XP, 2 cost access, access, asset. You can pitch this for plus 1 intelligence, plus 1 strength. It's an item, it's a tome. It fits in one of your hands. You can uh, spend an action, exhaust it, and fight. And you may use either intelligence or willpower for this attack instead of strength. When you initiate this attack, you may place 1 Doom on Abysmal Tome up to a maximum of 3. You get plus one skill value and deal plus one damage for this attack for each Doom on it. Now it says May. You don't have to do it. Don't. So if you're not really good with the fight skills, but you're you're really good with the willpower and or uh, the, the cluving bit, this might be it for you. Because this will give you a, a viable option of making some attacks. And if you're, you know, push comes to shove and you need to get that, that critical spot, then yeah, you can. Um... Uh, 
You can put three on it. Now, it just says up to a maximum of three. Uh, is that per attack? So you can really load it up if you want to. I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to assume yes. You just can do it three, only up to three. Man, so I guess to this end, I might run this one because if you know you're going to advance uh, Doom, you might as well just go all out anyways. It's like, yep, I'm going to pop you, I'm going to pop you, I'm going to pop you, I'm going to hit you hard. I'm going to hit you really, really hard before this thing, you know, advances. So, yeah, it's definitely playable. I mean, I like the Yume instance, and on top of that too, it just gives you more ways, you know, to be a little more toolboxy at dealing damage, so... Yeah, this is a cool card. I would run this one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, next one. Butterfly Effect. This is Survivor Time now. So this is a 1 XP, 0 cost event. It is Paradox. It is Blessed. It is Cursed. It is so conflicting. It doesn't know what it wants to do. You can pitch this. It gives you one wild icon for a skill of your choice. As fast, play when a cast token with a symbol is revealed during the skill test at your location before resolving its effects. You or the performing investigator either may commit a card to this test or return a card they committed to this test to their hand. Hmm. I, yes, this is so survivory. It, it, yeah, it definitely belongs here. That is pretty cool. You know, if you got cards that are committed and you, you drew one of these crazy symbols and it's fast... And it's cheap. There's only one XP for it. I mean, yeah, it, it does a couple things. You know, if you do one of those nasty ones and you need to commit more cards. Or if you did commit cards, you could put a card back. So, wow. See, I I tend shining to survivors more often. It, they just get the coolest stuff. All right, next one. Third time's a charm. Uh, this is a 2 XP one cost event you can pitch this either for a willpower strength or an agility but what the card does it's spirit traded it's fast play when a skill test at your location begins twice during this test when an investigator reveals its cast token they may cancel it return it to the cast bag or and reveal a new chaos token so you can do it twice so this is your answer from drawing tentacles all the time. And if you draw three tentacles in the bag, odds are against you, and I guess you deserve to lose. So, this is another card I would definitely run. I mean, when it hits the fan, it's fast. Play with a skill test at your location, and it's not just nearly you. It can be with any other investigator, so they can decide as well. Good for multiplayer, good for solo. Yeah, I would definitely rock this card, too. Ugh. Survivor, I think, got those two cards. I think those are the best ones of the pack right now. We do have a neutral card, and this is the last one. Uh, two XPs. It's a one-cost event, and you can pitch this for one wild. It is called Manipulate Destiny. It is a spell. A neutral spell, huh? Okay. Reveal tokens from the cast bag to reveal either a cursed, a failure token, a blessed token, or an elder sign token. If you revealed... The cursed or failed token deal two damage to an enemy at your location. If you revealed a uh, blessing or elder sign token, heal two damage from an investigator or ally asset at your location. This action does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Man, that is a really good neutral card. 
It really is. Because you're going to get one thing or another. You just got to make sure that if you're attached to an enemy or you've taken damage, you're going to reap either side. That is really, really good. I would run this one, too. Absolutely, I would run this one. And the picture looks like the person cloaked figures like playing cats in a cradle. That's what it looks like to me. Not bad. I mean, that's a particularly decent neutral card. We haven't had one in a while, and this one I would definitely would run. And I like anything that doesn't provoke attacks of opportunity, so, I mean, could be worse off. So, it's not bad. I mean, it really isn't. But, all in all, I think the survivor cards are the best ones. And that will do it for, what is this, Devil's Reef? Yeah, Devil's Reef. Alrighty, it is the holiday season, and I hope Santa or Krampus gives you all the things that you want in life. So, this is Tim signing off. Have a Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate, enjoy it. Stay safe. 2020 is almost at an end. We have a vaccination. Good things are coming for 2021. We just got to hold out a little bit longer. All right, this is Tim signing off. You can reach hold of me at arkhamskids at gmail.com. Till then, guys, see you later. Hey, gang, this is Tim, Arkham's Kids. And wow, I have finally struck gold. Ah, if you haven't read the title, this is all about Harvey Walters. Yes, I didn't get the other three yet, which are much, much more popular than Harvey. You know what, though? I'm not going to look at a gift horse in the mouth. So I am going to, I actually am sitting here at my kid's karate practice, sitting in the car because, you know, COVID, I can't be in there. So what better way is to go down to my favorite gaming shop, and take a look real quick while he's doing his kung fu action. And I got myself Harvey. Uh, he didn't have anything else left after that. So but you know what, though? That's two down, three to go. So I am very, very happy. You hear me crinkling open the pack here. Now, I'm sitting here in the car, you know, recording this thing. So I don't have any of my cards here available. And I'm doing this on a phone. So without further ado, I got... Harvey Walters, the Investigator Starter Deck. Um, it does come with a one sheet with a uh, deck suggestion. And honestly, I've been keeping this. I've been buying the... Uh, um, I put everything in binders. And I've been actually buying the uh, actual paper sleeves that you would put in binders. And you get like about 20 of these for like a buck or two, and, you know, at your uh, you know office supply shop or wherever. And, uh, I actually do like you know, keeping these just for reference and stuff like that, so uh, I don't think it's really needed other than you have a deck, you know, projection on, you know, what they suggest you to build and how to use the expansion, a little story, uh, and there's upgrading variants, you know, and they have a couple different variants that you can try to do, and some blurb on uh, frequently asked questions, which is weird because they give you a whole bunch of cards and you already got an FAQ for a card. Yeah. Weird. Okay. But, old man Harvey, here we go. So, he is a professor. He's part of the Seekers. He's got seven health, eight sanity. He's got four willpower, five intelligence, one strength, and he's not going to do any fighting if he has to, uh, and to evade. And he's not going to run too good or either. <laughs> he's part of the Miskatonic subclass. Uh, if that will mean anything, maybe. Down a pipe. And he has a react ability. After an investigator your location draws one or more cards from their deck during their investigation phase, that investigator draws one card. I mean, once per round. So, 
like a poor man's Oprah, and you get a card, and you get a card. No, you only get to do it once. You get a card. So, yeah. And his other side effect is you get plus one, and you get to draw a card. He's all about drawing stuff. His deck build is 30 cards. Um, he is just like the other one I did for Winterfred. He is all about um, just uh, with straight class build. The only thing you're going to splash is neutral cards. He doesn't splash with any other type of class. That That's all you get. So, uh, deck ruling requirements. Uh, starts with the Vault of Knowledge. The Rice Dam Curiosity and one random basic weakness. So let's look at that Vault of Knowledge right now. The Vault of Knowledge is a three-cost asset. This is exclusive to Harvey Walters deck only. You can throw this card out for a Wild Tip, an Agility, and a Willpower. And the maximum hand size has increased by two. So I'm hoping here, because I've only read a little burbs on, on FFG, that it's like, wow, you're making me draw a lot of cards. I really get the hope I get to keep these cards in my hand, because your max is eight. So, all right, so this will go to 10. So, and as a react, uh, after you successfully investigate, exhaust the vault of knowledge, and choose an investigator at your location, and then investigator draws a card. And this is talent traded, so. Okay, so, got an idea here, so, see how it goes. All right, thrice damn curiosity. This is his weakness that he has to have. It's a flaw, it's a weakness. This is a he looks all smug here, just holding a little bobble to a kerosene lamp. Look at him, clenching his fist. Uh, okay, so, Revelation. For every three cards in your hand, oh man, take a damage. Woo! <laughs> uh, okay, well, because at that age, I mean, that's two points of damage. It, it probably will get a little silly after that. You probably will definitely want to draw this early on and then not worry about it versus later. So, yeah, uh, late game, I, I can see this card just absolutely wrecked poor Harvey. Uh, okay, so there is another weak, uh, weakness that is not part of Harvey Walter's deck, but it goes to the uh, basic weakness pool, just like the other one. I forget what the other one was for one of that I reviewed. But same idea, there is just an additional weakness that comes to it. And it's obsessive. Uh, it's a flaw, trait, and revelation. Put obsessive into play in your threat area. Force, when your turn begins, discard one non-weakness card at random from your hand. Ugh. Well, honestly, this would be kind of suited for Harley, too, if you drew it, because that would make sense, because he's got all matches. Well, that, you know, this would actually play into his bed here, so, eh. That would go hand in hand, but usually when I'm building deck stuff like that, it is a random basic weakness. So, um, yeah. But to get rid of it, it's just like the other one. You got to spend two of your actions to discard obsessive. <sighs> okay. We're 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 done with the goodies. So let us look at the first card right off the top of the deck. It is arcane enlightenment. It is a two-cost asset. You can pitch this for two willpower. It does take a spell slot. And uh, maximum hand size is increased by one. If you have one additional hand slot, uh, you have one additional hand slot, which you can only use to hold a tome asset. So I'm thinking, like, Daisy could kind of use this, because she's all about the tomes. 
even though I really haven't anybody see successfully build a, a, a tome deck effectively with these. I look, I look at Arkham DB, and I really want to do it. And even Mythos Busters have one that's like, "Hey, try this out." I tried it and fell flat on my face. That was an earlier podcast you could, or, that I've recorded. You can listen to that one. So it didn't really work well, but uh, you get two of them. So I like it, and it's definitely gonna fit with Harvey because he needs it. So oh, again, no, no excuse for that. Thank you.